You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Here till 7, Scott Galetti will join us in the 6 o'clock hour. And then uh, at 8 o'clock, go back to Chavez Ravine as the Dodgers are hosting the D-backs in the second game of the season. Dodgers, after trailing 2-0 to zero after two innings, uh, end up going uh, with eight unanswered runs and win the game 8-2. to two. Julio Orias, the win for the Dodgers. It's time now for Top 5. Without further ado, take it away, Sam Hauser. It's time for the Hinkle Law Office's Top 5. Hinkle Law Office is representing motorcycle riders across New Mexico since 1990. Visit HinkleLawOffices.com. Take it away, Sam Hauser. All right, getting things started. It's who's in, who's out. And what better place to start since you just mentioned the Dodgers? 3-2. Fly ball left center field. That's well hit. Way back there, and it is gone! A home run! James Outman hits it the other way. Corbin Carroll went to the gap in left center, leaped as high as he could, couldn't get it. Two-run shot for Outman, and the Dodgers lead now 7-2. Got to imagine nobody was happier outside of James Outman and, you know, I guess his family or whatever. Very few other people happier than the Dodgers social media staff because everybody was all over that one. I mean, James Outman was up for a week last year. He becomes this fan sensation and he's on the opening day lineup and does what he's there to do. The only one that was maybe happier was you, Sam. Because, right. I mean, we're prepping for the show. We're talking about the Dodgers 2023. And you said, Joe, you know, this James Altman guy is going to be uh, the guy that's the next guy. You know, he's going to be, you know, Gavin Lux, unfortunately, an injury out for the season. We saw his progression. And we saw it, you know, just with so many Dodger players going back to, you know, Jock Peterson, and it goes on and on and on. And you said, Joe, watch out for Outman. And, you know, I watched the game up until about the sixth inning, and I look at the box score. Yeah, I still look at box scores. And Outman, two for three with a bomb. I think he, you know, people talk about his speed on the bases. He was out in center field. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to like this guy a lot, and he got off to a great start. Good call on that one, Sam uh, Hauser. What else, Sammy? All right, well, since we heard it at the top of the hour, might as well dive into this here for a moment. Grant McCaslin, who was the coach at North Texas since 2017, he leads the Mean Green to its first ever 30-win season, an NIT championship, and now he gets rewarded by going from North Texas to Texas Tech. Yeah, I, I saw like the last couple of minutes of that game, and and those this was the fourth time. By the way, Fran Fraschella. Uh, uh, on those NIT, we we saw Fran on the NIT games the other night. We were watching the D, the G League playoffs. Fran was out at South Bay calling the Lakers versus Rio Grande Vipers G League game. He was back in Vegas um, at the Orleans for that game uh, last night between North Texas and uh, UAB. But you know that was the fourth time those two teams had met. It, he said it was kind of like an NBA postseason where you had faced them, you know, so many times during the regular season. Um, yeah, North Texas pulled away at the end, and kudos to the NIT, kudos to Vegas and, and or Orleans. I mean, the way that that uh, celebration was, I mean, 
It was it was the NIT. It wasn't the NCA. But those fans that had made their way from Denton, Texas, the uh, the home of North Texas State, um, they were having a great time and uh, an excellent, excellent team that could have played in the NCA tournament, maybe won a game. You know how these things go. But yeah, he's now so uh, two of the three. Uh, or two of the four teams that were in the semifinals of the NIT are gone. You got Mark Madsen, who was with Utah Valley, taking yep. the Cal job. And then uh, the... Uh, Grant the, McCaslin. Grant McCaslin. And I saw Coach uh, Scott Drew at the semifinal game. I'm not sure if he was there, the coach at Baylor. I'm like, what, what, what's he there for? You know, well, that's now his we know. former player. That's a former assistant coach pulling for him, and now he's going to have to compete against him because he's going to Texas Tech, Sam. We'll stick it with college basketball as we move on with who is in. Max Rice, the son of head coach Leon Rice for Boise State men's basketball. Much to the chagrin of Lobo fans and really fans all around the Mountain West, Max Rice is going to use his fifth year, his last year of eligibility, and come back as a fifth-year senior next year. Started all 34 games for Boise State. Top five in the conference in three-point shooting. Basically tied for the, the team lead in scoring. I mean, you talk about a guy... You, you talk about the progression of some of these Dodger uh, prospects that come up over the years. The progression of Max Rice... I mean, I know they're I know they're a rival, but just I mean, you no. in per, you in particular as a basketball fan have to appreciate it. Yeah, and you know he's always had to deal with oh he's the coach's son, and you know I mean we've seen what that can look like you know with our own eyeballs. Right. The way Max Rice approaches it, like, you don't even think about it being, you know, and he gets razzed a little bit. I remember when they were playing Utah State and those fans were all over him being, you know, Leon's son or whatever and chants like that. No, he's a class act. Well, and even Leon Rice, I mean, he's been on record as saying, I'm not dad, I'm coach. Oh, absolutely. And you you can see why he gets the minutes. He yeah. deserves them. Yeah. I mean, uh, he, you know, he, he gets it done and he'll be back again and... I'll take some Lobos back uh, a long time, but you know Wyoming had a guy named Brent McFall who was not the coach's son, but was a similar player to Max Rice, and it seemed like he had been around for you know five six years. Well, we know that Max Rice is going to be around for another year, and uh, it's with Boise State. And uh, I'd like, like I said, I have nothing but um, but but thumbs up for Max Rice. All right, who's out, Sam? I do want to go backwards here for just a second. That's fine. Fo- follow, You're allowed to do that. Follow me on follow me on this one because okay. there's a lot going on here. This is a winding road story as we go back to last night's Dodger game. Uh, uh, the seventh inning around that time, there's a lot of runs being scored. We get to the seventh inning stretch, and obviously the Dodgers are winning. Everybody's up and singing and feeling good. It's a good time down in Chavez. Dude named Ricardo Juarez. Jumps over the outfield wall, runs past the warning track, runs out to the grass to get down on one knee and propose to his girlfriend. He was not not going the Jumbotron route. He was going, let me go run into left center field. Unfortunately for for poor Ricardo, the LA Chargers are going to be calling the security guy because he got wrecked by the security guard at the stadium. Just absolutely trucked couple other guys come over he gets taken over to the LAPD station because you know you can't go on the field whoa whoa, whoa 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 okay so he obviously got down on his knee to propose so not only did he jump the wall obviously the fiance must have jumped I she mean, did not so he, he went down there by himself so how did he how did she even know that he was proposing to her uh, he, he's uh, out in the middle of like right field the only the closest one would have been Mookie Betts I mean, he, he didn't go 
too too far into. I mean, he was still he was just a few steps beyond the uh, beyond the, the warning track. track. Okay. But you know, he's got the ring. He t- gets on one knee and he opens the box with the ring, and everybody's cheering. Next thing you know, he gets trucked. At the end of the day, she did say yes, and they left the LAPD station in a party bus. <laughs> he well, I what's the guy's name? Ricardo Juarez. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well played, Ricardo. Well played, Mr. Wattis. Nobody's going to beat that story. And, and, you know, the key component to that is, you know, he has those walls at Dodger Stadium that are really low. So, you know, it would have been another thing if he had, like, you know, tried to do this over the Green Monster, okay? You know, but those little walls, which, by the way, you know, are kind of an annoyance because... Balls that would rattle around in the corner sometimes hop over those little walls, and it's a ground rule double. I want to see balls rattle around in the corner. I'm not real high on those little walls there at Dodger Stadium. Okay, we did digress. All right. Who's out? Now who's out? It's Jalen hood Shafino, the stud freshman guard for the Indiana Hoosiers. Got a lot of attention this season. Helped them get their NCAA tournament berth despite a limited run in the Big Ten tournament. He was the freshman of the year. And he's seen enough. He's declaring for the NBA draft. Does have the outside shot of being a lottery pick. So it doesn't look like we'll see him again. As far as I could tell earlier today, he hadn't hired. uh, There was no story that mentioned that he hired an agent because that's always the component. If you don't hire an agent, it gives you that wiggle room if you want to come back to college. But he's expected to be a lottery pick. And it looks like we've seen the last of him. One in the. It it really. I I don't know. You tell me. It doesn't feel like we've had, or let me put it this way: it, it feels like you know maybe five, ten years ago there was a stretch of more one and duns than we've seen the last few years. It, it, it does. Um, I, I got to just give you a little bit of play by play here for a second, okay. here, Sam. Okay, so the LSU Virginia Tech game oh, just yeah. started, and um, Virginia or LSU scores the first basket. Virginia Tech, you know, has a, an opportunity on their first possession. Uh, their player misses a ball from the corner, and guess what? Bouncy ball. Can I hear that sound bite, please? Okay. Uh, what do you tell your team to get there now? <laughs> Make free throws and layups. If I was watching this game, I'd turn it off. Look at that score, would you? That's some bad offensive basketball. It might be something to these balls being too bouncy, but. That- Okay, well, on Virginia Tech's first shot from the corner, it hits the rim and bounces over the top of the backboard and gets wedged up there, okay? And so an LSU cheerleader had to get on another cheerleader, and she went up to the top of the backboard and patted it back in so they could get into play again. I've never seen more shots hit the rim and go over the backboard, and they and the NCAA is, oh, it's the same inflation as we always have. Then why are we seeing so many bouncy balls, Sam? All right, You know what going. they say about teamwork. Yeah, that's true. I it mean, makes the dream work. <laughs> All right. Just like us, Sam. Go ahead. What's All right. Uh, God, back we're to- digressing like crazy. We went from people you know, getting down on one knee at Dodger Stadium without the fiancé being on the field to bouncy balls already up and down. All right. Well, getting back to something we've gotten a little too familiar with over time. We're doing this again one game into 2023 with Dodger pitchers getting hurt. Ryan Pepio is going to start the season on the injured list with an oblique injury. He was projected to start either Sunday for the last game against the Diamondbacks or Monday, the first game with the next series with the Rockies. He just started the Dodgers' last game of spring training on Tuesday against the Angels, and he did talk to the media last night. 
I don't know how the Dodgers are going to feel about this one. Past couple weeks, kind of just a little bit of lingering. Uh, oblique, tried to kind of throw through it the other day. Thought I'd be fine after the first inning. Um, just kind of felt it even more and just kind of tried to battle through it and um, try to overcompensate and woke up pretty sore um, next, yesterday. Um, so, disappointing, bummed, um, but we caught it pretty early, so hopefully it won't last too long. So, his last few starts of spring training, he was trying to play through the oblique injury and it did not work out well because his spring training ERA finished north of five. Yeah, and you know we're the, everybody's having issues with. I mean, Max Scherzer, right? He's I I, I think he's having issues, uh, shoulder issues or something. I saw. Well, I, he, uh, yeah, he. Go, got, I mean, yeah, is that been a while? Is, yeah, yeah, I know. But anyway, yeah, it, it's just part of the deal, and the Dodgers are going to be susceptible, just like everybody else. And what's number four? All right, well, on that same theme of picking up where we left off last baseball season, yesterday was opening day, and some things, well, some things just say the same. Hello, darkness, my old friend. The LA Angels, with Shohei Otani on the mound, lose 2-1 to to the Oakland A's after Shohei goes six scoreless, two hits, no runs, ten strikeouts, ends up with a no decision. It was the story of the season. I mean, he's the hero. He wins the World Baseball Classic, and now he goes right back to the team that can't score runs for him. So, play that song again. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Poor Shohei. I've come to talk with you again. No runs scored for me again. That was good. <laughs> so yeah, just like a lot of these aces, man. They just, you know, there wasn't. There was one. There was one. The guy for it was uh, Degrom. De, J- Jacob Degrom. They did a thing, you know, that if the Mets had scored three or more runs for him, he would have been like thirty and two one season. Oh yeah. By the way, who uh, who sings that song? Hello, darkness, my old friend, Sam. Disturbed. <laughs> They, they do a version of it. It's the Simon original, and Garfunkel. You see, man, you do know, uh, you do know your music, man. Good job on that. Good, good pick on that song. All right, no, we'll continue on with number four because I'm sure Aaron Judge is in there somewhere. Yeah, Aaron Judge also picking up where he left off last season, setting the American League home run record. Coming right back to it on opening day. Pitch is swung on and hit in the air to center field and deep. Back goes Yastrzemski on the track at the wall. She is gone. Unbelievable. Aaron Judge in his first at bat of the year. It's a home run to dead center. It is a judging blast. My my favorite part of that is Yastrzemski going back. I mean, you know, you got the Yankees playing in Yankee Stadium and you hear Yastrzemski going back. Obviously, Yastrzemski is on the Giants, but you think of Carl uh, Yastrzemski, who I think is like his great uncle or something like yeah. that. Um, so anyway, no, cool highlight. Uh, what else is going and on? And then we also had the first, I mean, there were a few yesterday, but the one that has the honor of the first pitch clock violation of the 2023 regular season goes to Marcus Stroman of the Chicago Cubs. Sometimes it's, t- it's hard to read. Typically the sinker's 91-92, the splitter's like 87. We've got a pitch clock violation on Marcus. There you go. First one of the year. I wonder how many 
you had an over and under, how many will take place during the course of the season, whether it's the pitcher or the hitter? And that game was in Chicago, so you can hear the fans booing about that one, but we're going to get to a story here in about 15 minutes, some numbers showing from yesterday that it's going to be worth it, this pitch clock. I'm looking forward to that. What is number three, Sam? Well, we do indeed have a case of no trophy for you. A senator in North Carolina has put together a bill that he filed yesterday that would ban participation trophies in youth sports leagues operated by the state government. It's being called the Eliminate Participation Trophies Bill. It would require awards to be, quote, based on identified performance achievements rather than solely participating in sports or other youth recreational activities. So you know who's really ticked about this? Who's that? All the trophy shops with <laughs> yeah. throughout the state because like they're they're manufacturing way more participation trophies than they are first, second, third and fourth. So I don't know, you know, I What's your take on part? I know that's like been in and out of the news for about a decade. Oh, at least, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what's your take on participation? I trophy? mean, I was a big proponent of the participation <laughs> trophy because, <laughs> you know, when everybody started uh, getting taller than me, I, I needed those just to have something to, to bring home. All right, I'm not going to comment on it then. All right, uh, keep it rolling here. What else is number three there, Sam? Oh no, it's number two. I should say, Sammy. We may have heard the phrase wild, wild west in college sports as it relates to NIL and all the money that's being thrown around. Well, the wild, wild west is heading in a direction to become the wilder, wilder west as we have more legislation going on uh, in the United States. The Oklahoma State Legislature has a bill in place that would essentially protect state schools from NCAA-related sanctions. When it comes to NIL, the wording in the bill states specifically that the NCAA shall not itself or authorize universities to hand down sanctions if an NIL deal violates NCAA rules. So this is a big step because we've been having, you know, we've been pondering for a while what this is going to look like if states are really just going to take full on control of this. If we are ever going to get to a point of NCAA legislation, of any kind of federal legislation, and uh, this looks to be a, a kick to the pants of anybody that was on the side of of getting federal legislation. If if state if if states are going to look at each other and say, "Wait, we can do this?" Yeah, like uh, it, it, now it hasn't passed in Oklahoma yet. It still has to go through. But if it does, this this could very they're well like, be one of those things. They're, that falls they're in. saying like, "Y'all, y'all better stay out of Oklahoma, okay? You know, don't be messing with Oklahoma State. Don't mess with Oklahoma." Leave Tulsa alone too. Uh, you know, if, if if it's the wild wild west and these schools do something, we'll deal with it internally. We want y'all to stay out of Oklahoma. Is basically what I'm hearing. That's there, that's basically is that what it. Said? No, that, that actually just like that. That's actually the wording that was in the the bill that I found online earlier. <laughs> no, that's how they did it. Very good. <laughs> All right, uh, keep talking to me, Sam. I I mean, this if if this does pass, this would probably have a very good chance at least of you know falling under one of those categories that you hear about landmark cases in the NCAA. If this is going to open the door for other states to try to do something like this and block out the NCAA as a whole, uh, this is really going to be worth keeping an eye on. All right, what is number uno, Sammy? With another season officially here in baseball, Andrew Tolls is still under contract with the Dodgers. Even though he hasn't played 
a Major League Baseball game since 2018. If you're not familiar with the story, it goes back a ways now. Andrew Toll is drafted by the Rays in the third round in 2012, makes his way to the Dodgers in 2015. By the time 2019 comes around, he doesn't show up to spring training. Eventually, he comes later on in the month for uh, extended spring, but leaves the Dodgers again a month later. The following year, he's arrested in Key West at the airport for trespassing at the airport. When booked, he puts down his address as Streets of Key West. 2021, his father does an interview with USA Today and tells the paper that Tolls oh, diagnosed with bipolar and schizophrenia. He's, he had been in mental health facilities in and out for, for years. But where this comes back to the Dodgers in this, to this day, and it's in effect again here for the 2023 season, the Dodgers continue to sign Tolls to annual contracts that are valued at $0. He's not getting paid by the Dodgers, but he's getting the benefits of being a part of a major league roster. He's you know he's getting the benefits of, of the insurance from being on a major league roster. He's using the the mental health services provided by the LA Dodgers. So they're they're taking care of one of their own. They're they're not, you know, you don't play for us anymore. Goodbye, best of luck to you. They're they're looking out for for somebody who I mean, wasn't even a part of the team that long, but that just goes to show the power that these franchises really can have. Yeah, and when I it's it's sad, you know, when somebody puts their addresses the, uh, on the streets of, of what the city? streets of Key West, of Key West, yeah. And you know, I'm I'm hearing about this. It's good that the Dodgers, while they're not paying him, are going to be having him on their insurance. But you know, the the first guy that I think of when it comes to this is a guy named Josh Hamilton, mm-hmm. who like had um, Hall of Fame talent coming up, but I mean. Time after time after time and second chance after second chance and all that stuff, he just never could, you know, find his way. And so I started looking around. It doesn't look like things have gotten much better for Josh Hamilton. You know, you sometimes hear about guys, you know, uh, getting through all this and and coming out at the other end and helping people. I mean, uh, as recently as like a couple of years ago, he was charged with assaulting like his daughter. They got into a big deal there, and he was sentenced to, uh, you know, to probation and all this kind of stuff. I don't know what the latest is on Josh Hamilton, but it's hard to ignore the similarities between these two stories. I mean, that pretty much is the latest. The last story of anything that I could find out of Josh Hamilton was from 2022, and it was a story of of him getting in trouble. And it's not to say that, you know, that somebody should, you know, that, that there's a right way or a wrong way, but it goes to show when you don't turn your back on these guys, you're at least giving them potential. Cause to your point, I mean, all I have to say is Josh Hamilton home run derby at Yankee stadium. And everybody's going to instantly remember watching this, this historic, you know, uh, just one after the other. He had like 40-something home runs. It was this crazy event. It was the first home run derby at the new Yankee Stadium, and everybody just fell in love with Josh Hamilton. But like you said, it's been a really sad road since then. No doubt about it. All right, well, I uh, you know, have a, a bucket list uh, interview coming up. Dan Dickow, one of my favorite college basketball players of all time, is going to join us next. He's Sam Hauser. I'm Joe O'Neill. The show is here till 7. Scott Galetti will join us at 6. But Dan Dickow will join us when we come back. Team Talk, ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team.